0: To that, please have that here. Um, Mother's Memorial, our final offering date, is going to be May 28th. So keep that in mind. And then youth hyphen. We have a rally, a Connect rally, this Friday. It's going to be in Wausau. And after the service, they are going to have bowling and pizza. It's only going to cost $10 for that activity. So please let me know today. If you want to go, because I do need to give them a head count. Okay, hallelujah! You know, this morning um, our bread program, our reading was in First Chronicles uh, chapters one and two. So we're diving into those genealogies. I know that that's sometimes kind of a hard read, but it is necessary. All scripture is profitable. It's It's actually pretty fascinating, and most people nowadays are really interested in their heritage, their genealogy. You know, so many people buying those DNA kits because they want to know, hey, who am I related to? Am I related to someone famous? Isn't it good to know that we are all related? We are one family because we share a heavenly Father. You're my brother. You're my sister. Hallelujah. Just wanted to share that with you because we have a great heritage, right? Hallelujah. And our Father is worthy of praise. So let's bring the sacrifice of praise to our God today.
1: We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of thanksgiving. And we offer Of joy, we bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of thanksgiving. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of joy. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. And we offer up to you The sacrifices of thanksgiving. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of joy. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the lord we sing the sacrifice of praise into the house of the lord and we offer up to you the sacrifices of we offer up to you the sacrifices of joy hallelujah hallelujah thank you jesus lord we offer up the sacrifice of praise hallelujah lord even when in our body we don't feel like it we will praise you we will worship you hallelujah jesus thank you jesus hallelujah we come to you with a thankful heart a grateful heart hallelujah thank you jesus thank you jesus hallelujah thank you jesus hallelujah when my life is burdened with sorrow and it seems all help is gone. Jesus whispers, Do not falter, I will leave thee not alone. Then somehow amidst my trials, how it is I cannot still I hear a voice from heaven gently saying, follow me. There is sunshine in the shadow, there is sunshine in the rain there is sunshine in our sorrow when our hearts are filled with pain there is sunshine when we're burdened there is sunshine when we pray there is sunshine Heavenly sunshine, blessed sunshine all the way. Sometimes my friends do forsake me and I'm tempted to despair. Then I think of my dear Jesus. To lay his head he had nowhere. Oh, it pays to follow Jesus. Just to learn of him each day. And I guarantee my brother... You'll have sunshine all the way. There is sunshine in the shadow. There is sunshine in the rain. There is sunshine in our sorrow. When our hearts are filled with pain, there is sunshine when we're burdened. There is sunshine when we pray. There is sunshine. Heavenly sunshine, blessed sunshine, all the way. Let me recommend Him to you. I have found no friend like Him. He is one who'll ne'er deceive you but stay with you to the end. If you would have peace and comfort, let his banner be unfurled. He was lifted upon Calvary And His name can save the world. There is sunshine in the shadow. There is sunshine in the rain. There is sunshine in our sorrow. When our hearts are filled with pain, there is sunshine when we're burdened. There is sunshine when we pray. There is sunshine Heavenly sunshine, blessed sunshine all the way. There is sunshine in the shadow. There is sunshine in the rain. There is sunshine in our sorrow. When our hearts are filled with pain, there is sunshine when we're burdened. There is sunshine when we pray. There is sunshine. Heavenly sunshine, blessed sunshine, all the way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. (coughs) Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What a comfort to know that you are there with us, Lord, through every test and every trial. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Down at the cross where my Savior died, down where for cleansing from sin I cried, there to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. I am so wondrously saved from sin. Jesus so sweetly abides within. There at the cross where he took me in. Glory to his name. precious fountain that saves from sin. I am so glad I have entered in. There Jesus saves me and keeps me clean. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to His name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to His name. Come to this fountain so rich and sweet. Cast thy poor soul at the Savior's feet. Plunge into day and be made complete. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. name. To my heart was the blood applied, glory to His name.
2: Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's pray. Can we just pray right now, Lord Jesus? Lord, we need Your will to be done, O oh God. We need Your kingdom to come today. We need You, God. We need You, God. We need Your mighty hand. We need Your outstretched arm, O God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Holy and mighty and righteous and worthy, God. Great and glorious is Your name, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, that we, oh, God, that You would open the hearts and minds of Your people, Lord Jesus.
1: The name of Jesus, in, the name of Jesus. in the name of
2: Jesus. hallelujah, 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 Lord, we love you, we love you, Jesus, we love you, Jesus, we praise you, God, we glorify you, Jesus, we lift up your name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Great is your name, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh Jesus, Jesus! It's in him that we live and move and have our being. Amen. hallelujah, Jesus, we had nothing to do with the fact that we got up out of bed this morning. He let our heart keep beating, He let us keep breathing his air he He alone caused the sun to rise, the earth to turn and And all those things. We had nothing to do with it. Amen. That same God that did all that, He saved us. And He delivered us. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm so thankful that He saved me, that He loved me, that He created me, that He gave me a will, that He gave me an opportunity to make a choice and make a decision and I'm so thankful that I can and I continue to be totally and completely submitted and committed to Him. Amen. Where would we go from the presence of the Lord, as Peter said? Where would we go? Man, there's nothing out there I want. Nothing out there that's, that's worth me walking away from this relationship that I have with my Savior. Amen. So thankful that each one of you are here today those that are online. But I'm really thankful that God is here. He got here before we did, actually. Amen? He's omnipresent. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere, all the time. You can't turn around and not run into God. He's everywhere. He's in our hearts. He lives in us. If we have the Holy Ghost, He's dwelling and living on the inside of us. Keeping us. Amen. So thankful for the Lord today. Romans chapter 13. I'm not giving you a verse because we're reading the whole chapter. Oh no. it's only 14 verses. (laughs) Romans chapter 13. Starting in verse 1, it says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. That means judges and magistrates and anybody that's in any position of authority. Where does all authority come from? And so they are exercising authority that belongs to God initially. And so this is telling us to, to obey them and to... "...give honor to them, be subject unto them. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the, to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is in, he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid." For he beareth not the sword in vain, for he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore, ye must needs be subject, not only for the wrath, but also for conscience' sake. For for this cause pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. O no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another love he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet, and if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The greatest commandment, right? Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is fulfilling the fulfilling of the law. And that, knowing the time, all of that that I just said, and that, knowing the time, that now it is high time, so wake out of sleep everybody say wake out of sleep for now is your salvation our salvation nearer than when we believed the night is far spent the day is at hand let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light we no longer walk in darkness but we walk in his light right Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Amen. Jameson Fawcett and Brown says of that last verse, direct none of your attention to the cravings of your corrupt nature, how that you may provide for their or its gratification. Father, thank you for this word today. Thank you for your people. Lord, speak through me. Lord, give a word to somebody today that will help them, encourage them, and lift them up. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. So Paul was writing this to the church at Rome, right? So this was to church people. This wasn't to not church people. This is to oneness apostolics, if you will. So this was, re- this was being written to us specifically. And that knowing the time that it is now, now it is high time to awake out of sleep. All this stuff I told you, all these, these instructions that I'm giving you, this wasn't all. This was just right here in this verse. But Paul covered a lot of things in this book of Romans. But he's, he's telling them now, as he's, he's drawn to the close of the book of Romans, he's saying, Awake out of the... this was a letter from Paul. This wasn't a bunch of books with chapters. It was an actual letter that he wrote. It's time for us to wake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. Well, we're all, we all have salvation right now, don't we? But I think what he's referring to is the coming of the Lord. And so we're going to talk today about this subject. If only I had known. If only I had known. He says right there, knowing the time. We know the time. If we look around us right now in this world, it is just way beyond wacky and, out, and it's out there. I mean, it's just uh, that scripture just keeps going over and over in my head sometimes that where sin doth abound, grace does, doth much more abound in Lord. I'm like, Lord, it's getting bad down here. Like, he doesn't know that. Right? But I'm just talking to him, you know. So he's telling us to wake out of sleep. Some people are asleep at the wheel. And some people are going to find themselves saying those very same words right there. If only I had known. If only I had known. That word sleep in the Greek is hypnos. Sounds like another word I've heard before. Hypnosis. It means figuratively or figuratively or spiritually sleep, sloth. Can we be spiritually asleep? There are people today in our churches that are spiritually asleep. At the wheel. They have, they're have they not paying attention to what's going on around them. They, they are literally and figuratively in, asleep at the wheel. Not discerning the signs of the times. Jameson Fawcett and Brown Commentary calls that word fatal indifference to eternal things. Fatal. When somebody's a fatality in a car accident, what does that mean? they didn't make it right so that word fatal is like a final word that's the final thing fatal indifference to eternal things folks we got to be paying attention in this last day because i don't know about you but i feel like that i am living in the last the day the last of the last days because sin doth much more abound Wickedness seems like it's just rampant. It's just going crazy. Like the devil has just let all—he's just let it all out because he knows it's coming, and so he's just this—he just opened the doors wide and just let it all let it all hang out there. And I know it's hard for the, some of the younger ones to understand that, but f- you know, I'm 64 years old. When I was a teenager, almost 40 something years ago, it wasn't like this, and we thought it was wicked then. I mean, this is just like just going crazy. The Passion Translation in verse 14 of Romans 13 says, Instead, fully immerse yourselves into the, Lord, into the Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, and don't waste even a moment's thought on your former identity to awaken its selfish desires. We have an identity. We're supposed to have an identity. What's our identity? Amen. We are His. We are oneness apostolic people. And if you don't know this or not, I'll tell you, the world knows what we're supposed to act like. They have an expectation of how we're supposed to act as the people of the name of Jesus. So it behooves us then to act like that. To be that. Not just act, but to be who we're supposed to be. Those people in the New Testament church, what did the Bible say? That they turned their world upside down. Now, while they were busy turning their world upside down, they were also busy going to jail, getting beaten, getting stoned, getting persecuted, dragged through the streets, and so on and so on and so on. Are we ready for that? Are we willing to go through that? are we going to be one of those people that says, if only I'd known. Well, he's been t- Jesus talks to us throughout the Bible. We can't get caught up in living, thinking, or dwelling on our past. Whether it be past failures or past successes. Or anything in between. Our past in general. We can't let ourselves get caught up in living in the past, talking about the past, dwelling on the past. That's a trick of the enemy. Because what what are, what are those things? They are in the past, right? That's not that's not productive to the kingdom, is it? It's not productive to the kingdom. Talking about being awake. Ever in an attitude of wakeful expectancy. That's what Jameson Fawcett and Brown said about that scripture. Ever in an attitude of wakeful expectancy. What is our expectancy? What are we expecting? What are we waiting for? What are we hoping for? Where is our hope at? Where are the things that we are striving for? Are we striving just to chink, punch our clock every every Wednesday and every Sunday? Are we just striving to get through the next day? Is it this man's responsibility to make sure that I know what all Scripture says? Now it is his responsibility to teach. And to train and to minister and to do the things that are he's called to do. But as this pastor right here has said to us since the day he got here, we're all ministers. The responsibility is on you. There, you, the people in this room probably have like I do, multiple Bibles in their house. I've got probably 40 different Bible translations and doc and commentaries and all kinds of stuff right here on this iPad. i got no excuse to not know what's in this book. And I can't blame the pastor if I don't know. The blame squarely rests right here on me. So what am I going to do about that? If I'm not careful, I'll go through life And I won't take this serious, and I'll be one of those people right there, if only I had known. You laugh, but people are going to say it. Apostolic people are going to say that. When the the rapture happens and they're still here, they're going to say that, if only I had known. Now think about this. Think about all those unsaved people that are going to say that. Anybody in here besides me feel a little conviction right now about that? Because whose job is it to tell them? Whether how they respond to that is not our—it's irrelevant. It's not our—it's not our concern, is it? We want them to respond positively. We want people to hear what we have to say and say, "Oh my goodness, I gotta have that. Where do I go? How do I get it?" But a lot of people don't, do they? But we're just. We're, we've been called to do a job on this earth. We're His body. We've been called to tell people about the gospel. Look at Jesus when He walked the earth. Did they? Did everybody receive it from Him? No. A lot of people turned away. A lot. Only 3,000 were added to, to the church that first day. I don't even know what the number was. Probably, I would guess it was probably... Approaching a million people there for that Pentecost Sunday. That many turned away and said, Not for me today. And and all manner of things they said. Oh, that's nice. Are we paying attention to the signs of the times and the seasons in the Spirit? Are we listening to what God is saying in the Spirit? He's talking, you know it, it just amazes me uh, There's people across this organization, the united Pentecostal church that are preachers that are out there in cities all over the world, literally that are that have video blogs and things that they're doing, and they don't even know that that the things that they're saying on their video blog is exactly the same thing, only in different words that somebody else is saying on another one, and the two don't even know that they're saying the same thing. But if you go out there and start listening to it, you start seeing a pattern. So what does that tell you? God's talking. He's trying to send us a message. And He's using men to do it, just like He did in the Bible. He's going to use us as people. Wouldn't you like God to speak that through you? I want to be that willing vessel. I want to be that faithful, willing vessel that He can speak that through me, not so I can say, hey, look at me. Oh, God, use me. <laughs> Aren't I special? No. But God is using people. And if you're, even if, if you're paying attention, and I don't know where this is going, i got notes, but whatever wherever God takes this, God is using people right here in this building. If you haven't been paying attention, you need to go back and listen to the last 10 or 15 messages that have preached here. God is trying to say something to us, folks. Are we listening? Not in here, in here. You can't. And if your if your life is busy with all kinds of other stuff, how can you know what you you could get confused and not hear the voice of God? Who wants to be that person that says, "If only I'd known." The enemy is not an idiot. Okay? He knows what he's doing. I'm not I'm not glorifying the devil. So don't say I'm saying that. But the enemy is that's why they call him old Slewfoot. the deceiver, angel of light. He'll paint a pretty picture to you and tell you that he'll tell you right to your face that you're okay. Oh, it's okay. Oh, you don't all that stuff they're saying, you don't have do that. That's just that's for those people that are weird. Okay. You you go ahead and receive that from the devil. You accept that to your own demise. Because I'm telling you right now, the, lo- the the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, the more separated we need to be. And the more separated you you need to be willing to be in that group and that crowd that's willing to be persecuted for righteousness' sake. Jesus told us that we would. Suffer persecution. Some of you will, some of you won't. He never said that. He said all of us will suffer persecution. If you stand for the name of Jesus, and they're already starting to come after the church. Very subtly, but they're starting to do it. What are we going to do? What are you going to do when you're confronted with make a decision? Are you going to disavow this or not? You might say that now, but depending on what you're confronted with, you might have have some some strong feelings about, man, I don't know. You know, like I think I said last week or the last time I was up here, if if you're running out of food and there's no food and they're they're offering you food and that's the next food you you haven't eaten in three weeks, some people might lay this down for a, a morsel of food. Somebody in the Bible did that once. Laid <laughs> down his birthright for a pot of pea soup. Can't you? You can't go back on that. Once you've done that, the Bible talks about people. In, uh, uh, I think I can't remember where it's at, but it talks about being turned over to a reprobate mind. A reprobate mind. You can't even... What's a reprobate mind? Among other things, it's you can't even feel conviction anymore. You, you can't even feel God convicting you about sin or anything in your life. It's like you, it's burned over. Like it's, there's nothing can get through anymore. Like the Wi-Fi's been turned off. Nothing can get through. I don't want to find myself in that place where I can't even hear God anymore. We need to hear God. He's, he's talking all the time. Are we listening to what he's saying? If he's, he's very subtly, just like going to the restaurant. Well, let's go home and eat. No, let's go to the family restaurant. It's just silly stuff like that so that we can see that guy and his family there so that we could reconnect with them. Little stuff. We've got to be listening. God's doing some things in this last day. Don't let the enemy trick you into focusing on your past. Don't fall for that. And it's all good stuff. I love talking about my past. I love talking about those days in the military, Brother Becker. I do. There were some good times. There were some bad times. There were some tough times. It was a pretty good experience to me overall. But I can't live there. I can't live in my teenage years. I can't live during those times. I can't live at General Conference last year. That that was last year. God's saying some different stuff now. Yeah, you can go back and listen to those messages. That's great. But God is God is moving forward. His church is moving forward. I want to be moving with where the church is going. Don't you hate that thought? When you're driving down the road and you you totally pass your exit and you don't realize it for about 100 miles? 50 miles, 20 miles, and and then you see a sign that says, next exit, 140 miles. (laughs) And you're looking down at your gas gauge going, oops. Horrible feeling, isn't it? Anybody been there? I've been there a couple times. In the natural So imagine that in the spiritual. Imagine that the church is just chugging on down the road, and all of a sudden God takes His church on a hard right. And you're not paying attention. And you just keep on trudging right along, straight and narrow. And you miss the turn with the church. And you don't realize that till later. How horrible of a feeling is that? You can't turn around and go catch up. I don't want to miss what God's doing. Paul said in Philippians three, thirteen through fourteen, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. Apprehended what? This whole experience, right? Yeah, I have Paul's saying I am not there yet. I. have I got this truth. I got this salvation. But I'm, I haven't arrived yet. I haven't apprehended all of it yet. But in spite of that, it's not, I'm not going to let that stop me. I'm going to keep moving forward. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. That's your past. That's your past. And reaching forth unto those things which are before. Some of those things, you don't really know what they are or where it's going, but you know that's the way God's telling you to go. You just need to go that way and not worry about it. He might only let you see the the first five feet in front of you and nothing beyond that but fog. But if He's God and He's telling you to go that way, you better be going that way. We had a pastor in, in Louisville that said one time, God's going to give you enough light just for the next step sometimes. Because he experienced that for himself, he many times he said God only gave him enough light for the next step, and he's like, well, "What? Now where do I go? God, just wait on me. Wait on me." If the last time, last thing God told you was stand still, and you're moving, why are you still? Why are you moving? If the last time He told you, last time He said anything to you was stand still, I've questioned God about. Many times about being up here and every time, and I, I quit doing it a couple of years ago because every time he just says the same thing. Be faithful. It's the only answer he's given me. Okay. After the second time, I said, okay, I'm not asking that question again. Because I know what the answer is going to be, right? <laughs> That's discernment. It's just like, okay. It's like your dad repeating himself when you keep asking the same question. You go to mom she repeats the same thing dad says. Right? Because they are on the same team. (laughs) It's supposed to be that way. Just be faithful. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's not just for licensed ministers. That calling... If you've got the Holy Ghost, you've been baptized in Jesus' name, you've got a calling on your life. You better figure out what that is and get fall in line with wherever God wants you to be. Whatever that is, whatever your calling is, I don't know what it is, but He knows, and He'll tell you if you ask Him. The Bible says if we ask, He'll tell you. Pretty simple, right? What's the mark? The finish line. We're trying to get to the finish line but we got to take some people with us there's a whole lot of people in this city right now that are going to say that when the when the rapture comes and we're all gone and we never said a word to anybody and they're left behind here and they're going to spend eternity in hell is that okay with you is that okay with you if your neighbor goes straight to hell Maybe somebody else will tell him. I'm too busy. Wow, I, he's dealing with me over that, so don't think I'm yelling at you. This is, he's talking to me about that. <clears throat> Matthew twelve one through eight. And at that time, Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn and his disciples were hungry and began to pluck the ears of corn to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. But he said unto them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry and they that were with him and how he entered into the house of God and did eat the showbread which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him? but only for the priests? Or have you not read in the law how that on the Sabbath days the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? You religious Jews who claim to know Scripture, haven't you read this stuff? They were the educated ones. They should have known. And the likelihood is is they probably did know. Because it wasn't about following the law to them. It was about shutting up this Jesus guy. They were looking for a reason. They were looking for some reason to do away with this guy because he was just messing with their whole deal. He said, but I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. He was still trying to tell them he was Jesus and the Messiah, but they still weren't listening. But if ye had known, talking about in the Scripture, but if ye had known what this meaneth, and then he says, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, ye would not have condemned the guiltless, the ones that were eating the corn on the Sabbath. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So the the religious Jews knew Scripture. They just choose to ignore this one. If only they had realized that he really was the Messiah, their eyes were blinded. I don't know if they had a reprobate mind or not, but they had they had blinders on their eyes. The Bible talks about the scales that are on their eyes the the veils that are over their eyes when the scriptures are read. It's like have you ever had some you ever taught somebody a Bible study and they're just shaking their head at you, but something in you tells you they' they ain't getting it. there's a reason why. They still got blinders on their eyes, on their mind. They can't get it. Brother Barnes used to talk about you got to pray the blindness off of people before you teach them a Bible study. Because you can sit there and teach somebody a whole year of Bible study and they're not going to get it if they still got the blindness of this world on their eyes. You got to pray that stuff off of them. Because you were blind once. I was blind once. I had the blinders of Catholicism on my mind, on my eyes. I couldn't hear this stuff. But one day. I don't know who prayed for me. It doesn't matter, Sister Bell. Somebody was praying for me. and Somebody prayed the blindness off because some, one day it just clicked. I had revelation. I had understanding. I saw it. It was like, wow. <laughs> I love that feeling, too. When God gives you revelation, He doesn't just stop at baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. He'll give you revelation. If you're hungry enough, He'll keep giving you more. There's so much that we don't understand in this book. It just boggles the mind. (laughs) That scripture where he said, um, I will have mercy and not sacrifice is is actually taken out of 1 Samuel 15, 22-23 and it says this, And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and have gone the way of the Lord sent me and, and have brought Agag the king of Amalek and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people, the people, he blaming the people, took the spoil and the sheep and the oxen and the chief things which should have been utterly destroyed, the sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, "Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. That's what Jesus was referring to. It's better to obey." and exercise all of our religious, apostolic Pentecostal traditions. He don't care about our traditions. We do, but Jesus really doesn't. He wants us to obey what he's saying. He wants us to do what he's saying to do, go where he's saying to go, say what he's saying to say. For rebellions, which that word means obstinacy, stubbornness, hardness of heart, is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is, in, is as iniquity and idolatry. Wow, they equate iniquity. I just saw that. It equates iniquity and idolatry. What's idolatry? Idol worship. So if you make Jesus out to be something other than what he actually is in the Bible, could that be idolatry? This, this is the Jesus I serve over here. Not that one you serve over there. So you just created a, a new Jesus over here that's, Thinks the way you think and believes what you believe. That's idolatry, right? Can we do we do that? Oh, more than you realize. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected thee from being king. Saul had already he checked out. He actually called it at one point in there he said your God. He didn't even call it his own God. He said, I did what your God wanted me to do. It was like he'd already been turned over to a reprobate mind. If only Saul had known. What what the real deal was about the whole thing about getting rid of the Amalekites. We wouldn't have had King Agag later in life. Queen Esther, Agagite. Anybody know that story? Haman the Agagite. (laughs) He He was a leftover from King Agag. Because all the Amalekites didn't get killed then. Because one man said, I I know what you said, God, but I'm going to do it this way. Because that way is too hard. I want to do it my way. Frank Sinatra was around long before Frank Sinatra was around. The whole thought pattern, right? He's not interested in our religious observances. Not saying that our traditions are bad. Not saying that our plans and ideas are bad, but he's not interested. We should be asking God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to proceed in this situation? Where do you want me to go? And saying that with a willingness of heart, mind, soul, that you're willing to go or do or say whatever he says to do. And it's not going to make sense most of the time. Why? Cause he don't want you getting any glory for it. He don't want it you being your idea. He wants to get all the glory and we should make sure He does. We don't want to have to find ourselves saying, if I had only known. And having had this book And every opportunity to search it out for ourselves and find it for ourselves, I and you do not want to find ourselves in being that right there. If only I'd known. Because what's he going to judge us by? Among other things, the book. How come you didn't know? It was in the book. You had several copies. This is you at the judgment seat. You had the opportunity. Why didn't you take it? Why did you pass up every opportunity, like the guy sitting on top of the house when there's a flood, and the God and and he kept praying for the Lord to save and Lord save him, and three or four boats came by and he sent them all away and said the Lord saved me. And when he when he got to heaven, he said Lord, why didn't you save me? He said I sent three boats. We had we the opportunities are right in front of us, folks. God's talking to us we need to be listening he's more interested in his body doing what he's asking them to do extending mercy right he's, the Bible says he shall have no mercy on him who won't show mercy what does that mean what does it mean to show mercy mercy you got to look beyond, like he did. Look beyond our—he looked beyond our, thought, our faults and saw our need, didn't he? So shouldn't we be doing that? That's the example Jesus gave us. When they brought that woman to to stone her for adultery, what did he do? He stood up for her. He didn't say what she did was right. But at the end of the day, he had said to her, "Where are thine accusers?" Because how did he send them off, one by one? He. Now, I've heard people say he knelt down in the dirt and wrote the the names of the girlfriends of all those Pharisees and scribes and all those religious people that were there. And as he kept writing names, they kept walking away going, oh, yeah, (laughs) I've been guilty of that too. Never mind. (laughs) I don't know if that's true. That's just, it could work, you know. Basically, they were all. And so he, he said, he didn't just let her walk off. He said. Go that way and don't do this anymore. we got to have enough mercy toward people that don't know this truth. They, you got to understand, and less and less in this day and age that we live in, there's not a lot of people that have a religious background. So we've really got to extend mercy to them and love them. It's going to be hard to love people. It's going to be hard. To love people on your own, because we got preconceived ideas and judgments in our mind that are just there from our upbringing, and we're going to look at what they're wearing, how they smell, what the cuss words that are coming out of their mouth. We're going to make, we're going to prejudge people before we ever give them a chance. But those same people, if we don't have mercy and grace on them, and show forth the love of God toward them, they're going to end up saying that one day. If only I had known. If only somebody would have told me. If only somebody had just said, Jesus Christ loves you. If somebody would have just told me. And in our case, if only I had been paying attention. Are we paying attention? If only I had been not focused on the past, on, on other things, on my own will, my own desires, my own needs, my own wants. Only I've been focused on the things of God. You know, doesn't, doesn't the Lord say that if we seek first His kingdom? I think it's in more than one place, but Matthew 6.33 is the one I'm thinking of. And all these other things, all these cares and concerns and food and water and, and clothes and house and all that stuff. He's going to take care of that, isn't he? Didn't he say he's going to take care of that? But if we seek first His kingdom, all these things will be added unto us. Are we seeking His kingdom? You know, Jesus talked to His disciples over and over and over and over and over again. He repeated Himself so many times about how He was going to be crucified. The Son of Man shall be crucified. And all those things that He tried to tell them. And they just they would bring Him to the side and say, What do you mean? Can you explain it? And He explained stuff to them and they still didn't get it because he went to the upper room where they were he went to the room where they were hiding after his after his resurrection and he upbraided them with their unbelief unbelief about what that he actually survived it and was as was was resurrected he up, the bible says he upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart and right after that what does it say he after he Give him a good scolding. He turned around and said, go. All right. Punishment's over. Go. Stop sitting here in this room. Go. You're not getting out of this. Go. You're not going to put your head between your legs and walk away. Go. I need you out there. That's, That's the whole reason I came here and left this to you guys. I'm not going to read all of it. Matthew 24, you need to read it. You need to read it slow. You need to get your concordance. You need to study Matthew 24. If you want to hear what's about what's going on right now in this world? Jesus knew this was coming. He's not surprised. All this sexual revolution stuff all over again from the 1960s to now. It's just called something different, but it's the same thing. Stuff's gonna happen, folks. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All that's are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. You ready to be hated? I'm not talking about just a little bit. And then shall many be offended. And shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. The mother-in-law against the daughter, the daughter-in-law against the mother, the father, the children against their parents, and vice versa. Bible talks about that. We're going to turn on one another in the last days, and we're we're going to be shocked when it happens. But it says it right in the book. If only I had known. Well, if you only you'd been reading your Bible. Not just to get through your bread schedule. Not that that's a bad thing. But you've got to do it, be into it for more than just that. There's stuff in there you need to see. He's slow down. He's trying to talk to you. How do you know? I heard one preacher say, how do you know the voice of God? It's in that book. That's the voice of God right there. Now, he will speak to your mind in, in a still small voice, but the voice of God is what's in the book. I'm just learning some of this stuff and I've been in this a long time. He's not done with me yet. Oh, hallelujah, he's not done with me yet. Oh, hallelujah. I don't ever want to arrive until I'm going to see him in glory. But of that day and hour knoweth no man. We don't know when that day's coming. He's not going to give a special audience to Brother Becker to tell him or anybody else. No, not the only even the angels in heaven don't aren't gonna know. It's gonna be as much of a shock to them as it is to us. But when we hear that trumpet sound, I don't want to have any regrets. I don't want to have any reservations. I don't want to have to think to myself, man, I didn't tell enough people. Did I do everything I could have done to bring somebody else into the kingdom? So they don't have to say that. only somebody had told me. Verse 43 of Matthew 24 says this. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch watch the thief would have come, he would have watched. And would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. We need to pray, folks, that we don't have. Um, you know, there's a scripture in the Bible that talks about a deaf and dumb spirit on a little boy, where the guy, the father, came to Jesus and said, "Your disciples tried to cast him out, but they couldn't." Jesus, he had a deaf and dumb spirit. That kid did in that story. We got to pray that we don't that the, that the enemy hasn't put upon us a deaf and dumb spirit spiritually deaf and dumb. If you're spiritually deaf, you're not going to hear what the Lord's telling you to say. And If you're spiritually dumb, you're never going to say it. Dumb is mute. I don't want to be that person. We don't want to be that person. He just left us a road map. He laid out the last days. He's given us every possible way of knowing. And he's also told us that many are going to be led astray and many are going to be deceived and many are going to walk away <clears throat> first thessalonians five one but of the times and of the seasons brethren ye have no no need to, i have no need to, ye have no need that I write unto you for ye yourselves know Perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they say, shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are the children of light, and the children of the day, and are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore let us not sleep, as others do. But let us watch and be sober, for they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken, be drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together, and edify one another, even as ye do. We're not supposed to discomfort ourselves don't don't pat yourself on the back if you're not telling somebody be willing to to tell somebody if they don't receive it that's on them that's between them and god don't 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 get don't just stop telling people about Jesus because they keep saying no. That poor guy that was selling those vacuum cleaners, Sister Bell, would never have sold a vacuum cleaner if he just stopped at about the 10th no. Right? Kirby vacuum cleaners. <laughs> right? What they tell him when they trained them, just keep knocking. Somebody's going to buy one. You just keep knocking on doors. Somebody will buy one. You keep throwing dirt on their floor and vacuuming it up. Somebody will buy one. That's what they did. Am I right? I had guys, friends of mine, in high or right after high school, that did that for a couple of months, and then they, then they said, "I'll go get a real job." Thank you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's all stand. I think the Lord's telling me to stop. I think He's made His point, folks. We got a job to do. Somebody out there that we haven't told yet is going to be a pastor. They're going to be a missionary. I know we're in the last days. Somebody out there is going to be a Sunday school teacher, a youth leader. Somebody out there is is a millionaire that that's going to come to this truth, and they're going to say, "Oh, y'all need a building? Well, I'll take care of that." The money's in the fish's mouth. Anybody ever heard that one? <laughs> This is We're supposed to go fishing. That's right. Fishers of men, right? Is that what we are? Hallelujah. We talk about a building. There's one out there. He just hasn't showed us to us yet. But it might be that it's in between. Something in between that is a soul that needs to be saved. He's waiting for us to do our job. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father, we do praise you. We thank you, Father, for your loving mercy and grace. Lord, we thank you that you keep coming to us, God, and talking to us. We thank you, Lord, that you keep bringing, oh God, your word to us, Lord Jesus, trying to encourage us and lift us up. We thank you, God, that you're trying to engage us, oh God, in the kingdom. We thank You for helping us, O God, to receive what You're trying to say, O God, what You maybe have already been saying to us in our spirit before we ever sat in this building today and heard it from this man today. Lord, we're trying, O God, to find Your will. We want to find Your will and get in the midst of Your will with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, God. Lord, that You would have Your way in our life, that we would lay our flesh, O God, our ideas, our will down for Yours, O God, that Your will would be able to be accomplished completely in our life today, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, You're not going to make us do anything. Lord, You're going to ask us, O oh God, to be willing to, to lay down our life, to lay down our will, to do Your will, Lord Jesus. You're a gentleman, God. You're not going to force it upon us. But you're going to make it, O oh God, according to Your will, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Did you, did you have something? Do you want to close out or anything? Okay. Amen. Amen. God's, God was talking to everybody in this room today. I started to say somebody, but He's been talking to everybody in this room. And the question is, are you listening? Are we listening? And then Beyond that, are we? What are we going to do about it? What are we going to do with the, the information that we have? Are we going to act upon it one way or the other? That's between you and God. Amen. Amen. We're His servants. We're His children. We're His body. You know, the book, the church, in the book of Acts. When they went out, brand new converts from house to house, breaking bread and having fellowship with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. So when in the midst of you just just fellowshipping with somebody, just buying them a cup of coffee, not even giving them an official Bible study yet, just talking to somebody, you don't know where that's going to go. And you don't know who they're connected to. You just don't know who they're related to. You don't know, you know, the what was that called, Carol? (laughs) The seven... Seven degrees of whatever's Kevin Bacon or something like that. I don't know. But there's seven degrees of people that you're probably connected to somehow. Yeah, that. (laughs) He just got revelation. Yeah. So, you know, you just don't know if you're the one vessel that God's going to use to bring that individual in here that's going to be that missionary. They might not look like a missionary right now. They might not look like they might be a good candidate for a pastor right now, but you've got to let God deal with that. Because I didn't look like a good candidate either probably (laughs) one time. No way, not that guy. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father, we love you. We praise you. We honor and bless you and thank you for this day. Lord, let us take what you've spoken to us today, Lord, and let us consider it. Let us chew on it, God. Let us take it to heart. Lord Jesus, and that you would help us, O God, to lay down our flesh, O God, lay down our will, that your will would be done in us and through us, that your kingdom would come to the people of this city and of this nation, Lord Jesus, of this state, of our county, of our neighborhood, Lord, that we would somehow take every opportunity to at least tell somebody, that Jesus, that you love them. Lord, help us to go from this place and to take this with us. And don't let the enemy steal it, Lord. We plead the blood of Jesus over every mind, every individual in this place. Let the enemy not steal what what you've given to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You're dismissed and the board needs to meet downstairs as quickly as we can, I guess. Or do you want to meet in your office? Wherever you want to meet. In the office, if you're a member of the board of the church.